Hello, Reliving the Extreme listeners. Nate Maxson here. Real quick before the show starts, as we were recording the show this week, we got so caught up in everything we were talking about. There were a couple of plugs that we forgot to do. And, you know, we got to do some plugging on the show. I mean, we got to do it. It's the gimmick. Anyway, if you are not following the star of the show, Mr. Chad Austin, on Twitter, please do follow Chad at Chad Austin Demera on Twitter. And also wanted to bring up a friend of the show, Mr. Dave Dynasty, who is also a wrestling podcaster. I highly recommend checking out Dave's stuff. The website is very simple, davedynasty.com. Go check out Dave and his product as well. Now that I've gotten that out of the way, doing the plugging we wanted to do this week, let's get started with Reliving the Extreme. Hello, wrestling fans, and thank you for joining us once again as we are reliving the extreme. Nate Maxson, your host here with you. Aaron's making me laugh. Nate Maxson, your host here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello, hello. And ECW Zone, Mr. Chad Austin. Howdy, and I think I'm reliving the extreme over here myself, and it's not even, <laughs> not even of all of ECW. It's, it's, yeah, it's been a day for Chad. It's been a yeah, day. It's been a doozy. <laughs> it's been a doozy of a day. And we are glad that you have all joined us here once again. Now, this week, we're going to talk about the episode of ECW from October the 5th, 1993. We skipped the 21st of September and the 28th of September because, well, I I, made, I called an audible. There wasn't a lot to see. Not a lot okay. to see here, folks. Okay, well, um, I, I just took your word on it, and I, I did it myself, too. I skipped it. So I, what did you see? I, I, there, there had to have been something on there that was newer, correct? Because, because friends help friends. I went ahead <laughs> and breezed through these episodes, so Aaron and Chad did not. On the October or on the September twenty first episode, we there was a match from friggin' weeks ago between Jimmy Snuka and the Metal Maniac. That was a doozy. Oh, remember that one? A lot of, a lot of just Neither walking. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of just walking around, looking at each other. Um, Joey Styles talked to get this Dr. Voorhees, the doctor for Sal Balomo, after Sal Balomo's chair shot at uh, Ultra Clash from from Rock and Rebel. Uh, Rock and Rebel. Yeah, sorry. Why do um, I not? Why do I not know about this? <laughs> I mean, why, I mean, no, no, not that I, I don't know about it. Why can I not remember this? It's it's probably because selective memory you have more important things to remember. No, there, that's what there, I'm thinking. There's a story behind this. Because why the, is Doctor Voorhees? What, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, I just thought Jason Voorhees. That's kind of what no, I it, thought. It, that could have that that could have been it. But that could like I, another like I said that could have been part of it. But I thought that I heard a story that it was some sort of a ribble with somebody mm-hmm. kind of thing. But you know, it was just that it was just so minute back in you know back then that you know there's something behind it, right? Yeah, you know, just by the name of you know, it ain't Doctor Fucking Jackson, you know, <laughs> yeah, or whatever. And, and Doctor J, what Doctor <laughs> Doctor J, what Doctor Voorhees told us was that uh, Sal had to have some jaw surgery and he has a detached retina because of a chair shot to the chest. It looked like, but anyway. Um, and then Aaron would have loved this right now. I guess so. I guess so. That's, <laughs> that's a spicy meat ball. <laughs> uh, yeah, broke my are... face. <laughs> holy. <laughs> holy moly, you broke my face. All the children. <laughs> Aaron... I, I can't see all the kids. <laughs> Aaron would have loved the, the, the last segment on the house talking to public enemy. Aaron, you would have just loved oh, that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Also, oh, that was the debut of Maddie. Yes, Maddie was also on this, and they don't—they don't—they just say it's Maddie in the house. They don't uh, give you a big introduction to Maddie in the house or anything okay, like re- that. Okay, refresh just... my memory um, before we really start this show. What was the background of Maddie? And don't ask me. Don't ask, don't be like you worked there. You should know. <laughs> I he, he I heard he was like, like a I bouncer. Did. I heard he was a bouncer at one of the clubs Paulie went to, and he had like this boisterous personality. So Paulie just brought him on the show. Yeah, charisma. Yeah. I wonder if he had any money. Yeah. He probably eh, he probably got Polly in. Probably Polly probably didn't have pick cover. So if, if it wasn't financial, like, like dollar to dollar, there was probably some sort of you know exchange. Mm-hmm. I'll do this, you do that. Something of some sort. Yeah, I'm assuming. I don't know. I had no idea. The September 28th show told us Sabu is coming, and his manager Hunter Q. Robbins the third question mark. 
And Hunter Q does like a terrible English accent in this one. He's not doing this. Now he's doing this. Like he's Lord Alfred Hayes. Um, they showed <laughs> he's, the, he's like, he's not even like Lord, Af- Lord Alfred P.S. Hayes. No, he's Lord Alfred. <laughs> he's Lord Alfred Robbins the Fourth. That's yeah. his. That's his name. Um, Tony. They show the Tony Stetson versus Tommy Cairo match from Ultra Crash. They had they the showed, audacity. They had the audacity, <laughs> and they they also had the audacity to show us a match between Sal Balomo and the Canadian Wolfman. Yeah, I mean, so that it, happened. It, it, it aired once, right? Because that's when he yeah. gave him that fucking killer mule drop, right? That yes. Yes. And then Wolfman, Wolfman just jiggled all over. It was look at all the ma- like they just keep re-showing like Canadian Wolfman matches, like it's to pay him for his ring. Yeah, <laughs> and that uh, that show ended with a very long, drawn out promo from Kevin Sullivan on the beach talking about Abdullah the Butcher and Oof. nothing. He didn't really say anything. He just you know spoke in Kevin Sullivan for. Seven minutes. He said, "Did he was, say a Buddha Dean?" I believe he did. He was least... sent here for my Buddha Dean. <laughs> what the Ab- fuck? Ab- Who is a Buddha Dean guy? <laughs> I live in Singapore. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? The that, Conk Republic. I, yeah. It, it doesn't really get old to me, but he doesn't even do anything the fresh the freshen it up. No, you know it's what I mean. The same it, it, it's, it's always I drank. I, I the third eye. Plick the, I pluck I plucked the whisker from the Bengal tiger <laughs> and always... drank the fears of the tears of the babies from the Sudan or whatever. It's like what the fuck it's are always, you talking about? It's, it's the same bullshit. It's, it's hilarious <laughs> to me because it just never gets old. But he never really does anything. They're like it's always a Buddha Dean. Mm-hmm. He's like looking for. Do you guys skateboard? Did you guys use a skateboard? Not me. Oh. No. Well, the the Pal Peralta guys made a video where they were looking for the skateboard god. His name was Animal Chin. And they never really, they, the whole entire movie was about them trying to find this Animal Chin guy. There should be like a and e series where Kevin Sullivan's searching for a Buddha Dean. One of the most surreal things ever is you watch that, what it what pay-per-view is it? Sullivan does that promo. I think it's a Halloween Havoc. Sullivan does that promo on Hogan but he's sitting inside the cage and he's got like toys of Hogan and he's smacking it. And he's got, he's like, um, we got you some posies, but they died. And I mean, it's no, just, he doesn't it's even just say surreal. died. He said, Hogan, expired. we That's got you is. some posies, but they expired. <laughs> it's so surreal. And he's got like a little, a little shovel and he's banging a whole Hogan. And he stands on it. He stands, he then stands on his head. And says, I, no one I, ever said life was going to be easy. I, he stands I, recently, on his head. I recently listened to another show and it was, they were doing um Smoky Mountain, like, like recap or whatever. I think it was between the sheets. I'll give them a plug. I like that show. Mm-hmm. Yenta Bix. And, um, <laughs> and they, and they played the Kevin Sullivan, this Kevin Sullivan promo where he was at the psychiatrist thing, whatever. And afterwards, I think it, it may have been Bix that says, like, did, was Kevin Sullivan and Nancy known as big potheads back then? You know, I, I, I don't know, you know? I remember mm-hmm. that. That's when he's, like, talking about, yeah, he does some weird shit on he's, Smoking Mountain. He's got the drink. He's got he's yeah. the drink, and he's drinking the medicine, and yeah, I feel and better that, already, Doc. And then he does another one later on where he's Dutch Mantel's interviewing him, but he's, like, laying on the ground, and he has a flashlight. And he just has like a flashlight like right underneath his chin. And Dutch has a flashlight. Oh, uh, dude, I remember that. Yeah. And then when like when Dutch talks, he turns on his flashlight and Kevin like turns his off. And then when <laughs> Kevin goes to talk, he turns his on and Dutch turns his off. It's fucking weird. <laughs> Marco. Kevin, Kevin, oh, Sullivan, <laughs> Kevin Sullivan's funny to me because he's been so fucked up so long. And yeah. he's had such high profile jobs. That it's hard to believe that drugs were involved. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's hard to believe that. But you watch this stuff and it's like, you cannot be sober. Well, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Bret Hart say in his book that he had to walk over Kevin Sullivan to get yeah, to the ring one night I, or something? I, I don't know. WCW? I, that might have been Brett, Brett. I mean, it's Brett. Yeah, it's Brett being Brett. He had to what? He said that he was like, the company was so fucked up and this, that, and the other thing that one night he had to go out to the ring. 
And he said that Kevin Sullivan was like, like season out or whatever. Cause he had been on something and had to like step over him to get out to the ring. I don't know if I wholeheartedly believe that, but yeah, I don't, I don't know nothing about that. I, <laughs> I just never, I just never, drugs never crossed my mind about Kevin Sullivan because he's, he's always had high profile jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you don't put a guy who's all fucked up like that in a position to run, you know, right. Like he did, but anyway, yeah, enough about Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for occupying the first 10 minutes of the show, Sully. Not not Jay Sully, who we do not see on this episode at all. October 5th, 1993. Um, of note here, Joey Styles and Paulie Dangerously are a commentating team, and the NWA or ECW is now a member of the NWA, NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling. Um, and we Why? Have- I I don't understand why that was, you know, I don't know why it was, that was such a sense of urgency to do that. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't there have been a, a, at least a two week buildup of the NWA is back? Right. Why, yeah. why are we joining this? You know? Well, yeah. No, Something. no. Yeah. We just, we just start and there's public enemy in the ring. And I was going to ask you, Chad, if you knew anything about these other two cats there in the ring with the silver jet and Gino Caruso. Cause I don't. I'm I'm very familiar with Gino Caruso. I've I've forever worked on indies with him, and I always call mm-hmm. him the Super Sack because because I, I don't think he wears underwear underneath that singlet. And boy, he's got a sack. <laughs> <laughs> and and Gino's Gino's a good good guy. You know, he's just a great independent guy. You know, mm-hmm. um, as far as I, you know, I, I really every time I see Gino, I, I mean, I have called him Super Sack to his face, so it's not like. You know, he will punch you're, me or anything. Um, and the silver jet, I I have my notes about this because I was gonna say I, I initially wrote I don't know who he is, but the guy can bump. Mm-hmm. And 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 there's usually like a main reason why t- that Paulie put put um guys job guys under hoods. Why do you think that is? Maybe because they is were gonna get something out of him. Or they What's were going to wrestle later on. Well, that way, they, if he got something out of him, he wasn't a jobber on TV. They were they were probably somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, "Oh my God, that could have been Dreamer." Okay, well, you know? and, and that, that's what I when when the match first started, I saw him and and the the uh, <laughs> let's be honest, the outfit was kind of you know cheap looking and et cetera. So I thought, well, this will be a doozy. And then, like you said, the guy could bump. He did pretty good. I didn't really have anything negative to say about him. There was a you know that that's that was a red flag to me when. The guy had a shirt on too. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, he was wearing generic camouflage pants and he had a mask on, but he had a shirt on too. So that was obviously for a reason. So it was somebody that either that, that was either slighted in for a better position or just somebody that Paulie liked and didn't want to kill. Right. You know, he was mm-hmm. he was waiting to find a better spot for him. But I, I do remember back in the day hearing who the guy was, and I swear Tommy Dreamer is the guy that came in my mind. He's the one that popped in my mind, and I don't know why because I didn't think he looked anything like Dreamer. Right. Well, but he, like you kind of alluded to, he has enough clothing on where you know with with the obviously the you know it's not we're not talking about high definition cameras here, so with enough clothing on and all that, you know, you could you could hide the physique and hide the look. Um, this this match was a decent squash. Uh, good, good way to establish. I mean, I know we already saw Public Enemy at Ultra Clash, but good way to establish them on TV here. Well, you know, because um, we've talked about this before. How when they when they start changing the, the shows, that they don't have that black ring anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't have the Wolfman's ring. <laughs> you know, the Wolfman's all painful. He he, he made <laughs> enough money. He made enough money wrestling. I don't know whoever you said he just wrestled again. He made enough money working Belomo and and um from the show Aaron that that um <laughs> he got enough money to pay for the rental truck to you know to come get the ring. And from what I what I remember, this whole setup was Ted Petty's. That that ring was Ted Petty's, that cage was Ted Petty's. That that was all his stuff. And there's a there's definitely a marked difference in the look. Um and like I said, this I thought this was a decent uh, squash. The only move that I wrote down, I guess, was Rocco. R- Rocco had a good uh, a good moonsault from the second rope during this match. I thought it looked good. And they also mentioned during this match that next week we are going to see Bad Company come to the ECW. Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond. 
I actually thought they were going to say bad breed. Mm, yeah. Because yeah. I I was like, wait a minute, because this is the taping that I debuted on. Okay. I, I was on this taping. And um and and it was bad breed was there too. And I don't remember seeing Tanaka and Diamond and uh, you know, unless they I just don't remember seeing them. But um when 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 Joey Styles was building up about who was they were gonna see next week, I was like, No way. They're really gonna um you know, put over Axel, you know, and the other guy. And they and they went to bad company and I was like, Oh man, you know, because I mean, in Philadelphia, bad company, there had there's some. There, Paulie has some explaining to do. <laughs> Aaron, do you have any comments on this uh, this here matchup? Well, unless they bring it up next week, um, one explaining they don't do is they don't mention why the tag team titles are vacant. They're just like, yeah, there's another tournament. But they, we'll start next week. But, oh my but, god, but, Aaron, you're right. The, but here's the here's the and I, I this is later in my notes. Like, but this I'll, was a I'll, month. This is a month of our show, but now we're just like, fuck, that didn't happen. You're you're totally right. Like, (laughs) are these the 24-7 ECW tag team titles? (laughs) And they don't even use Rio de Janeiro. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. For two two months, they've been trying to crown an ECW tag team (laughs) champion. And we sat through that god-awful fucking tournament. And then they don't even tell you why we got to sit through another one. (laughs) <laughs> and then like, a week later, there's no ECW champions. At the at the end of my notes, actually, there That's are hilarious. ECW champions. At the end of my notes, I have here, why did we have to sit through that atrocious fucking tournament to <laughs> have no champions? But then at the end, if you guys noticed, Joey Styles said next week on the show, ECW tag team champions Johnny Hotbody and Tony Stetson will be here. So somehow, some way, Johnny Hotbody and Tony Stetson are now the ECW tag team. Champions. I know, but in this match, they said that they were there was a tournament. Yeah, there's a seed for the. What the fuck is going I on? I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Like, <laughs> so, is it is it an NWA <laughs> tag team championship tournament? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hang on here. Let let me see. Let me see if I might have this. Uh, <laughs> all right. So all right. Was the last tag team champions recognized in the ECW was it like Stetson and Hot Body or somebody was, like that? It was it was Eddie Gilbert and Dark Patriot. So we oh, know why really? they're gone. Yeah, we oh, know why they're they, not champs. Oh my god. Like they won the tournament but they don't just say, hey, Eddie and Dark Patriot fucking left. They're just like, oh, there's gonna be a tournament. And then apparently Nate's saying that fucking Joey Styles is saying that Stetson and fucking Hot Body are the champs. It's like, what's so no I'm explanation. Wond- I'm wondering if this is, they're talking about an NWA tag championship tournament. That's what maybe. I think, too. I, I think because... Then say it. Say I the know. NWA. They're smart me up. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe you're not, they're not smartened up yet. <laughs> they just know that somehow they're trying to get themselves in the Jim Crockett's, you know, back pocket. And they're just doing whatever. And I I get it, but you, Aaron, you're 100 percent right. Like we had to sit through one tournament for shit, and then all of a sudden, a week later, they're, they're still ain't no tag champion. <laughs> God, and they're and they're, they're, there's an open seed. What the fuck are these seeds? <laughs> that your, your garden stinks. Could you? Could you yeah. Could you? Pl- could you plant a seed for a story fuck. here, please? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me something. The Walking Dead could never survive off your fucking tournament form formula. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> that, that is funny because I never thought of it that way until Aaron brought it. I'm like, I did hear Joey say that. And I was like, well, it's probably through the NWA title. And then that now that Nate, you said that the last, it was Doug Gilbert and Eddie Gilbert were the champions. I'm like, yeah, now they're, they're, gone. they're gone. That explains <laughs> everything, but still. Is that unexplained? Oh. And unexplains everything explains everything. Our tag. Te- te- <laughs> So far, title for the show is Tag Team Confusion. That's the that's the title for the show. So turmoil, turn a tag team turmoil. Don't you must be better copyrighted because Vince might fucking run a pay per view. <laughs> turmoil, I said. Up next, we uh, definitely a difference between the last shows we watched for sure. Because up next on the show, we are going to get a look at Sabu versus Taz for the first <laughs> time. In the ECW arena, and like I alluded to earlier, Sabu's initial manager here—it's eventually going to be Polly, but it's Sabu's initial ma- initial manager is Hunter Q. Robbins, and he has no control over this wild game, Sabu. 
um, this is obviously Sabu's debut. And mm-hmm. is it Taz's debut? Or did we uh, already see Taz? No, we haven't seen Taz yet. So it's both of them. I don't know if he if he if he hasn't been on TV, but I know it's not his actual debut. No, I mean I I, I understand. I'm just saying, like TV wise, so this Maybe, is like both, both both their debuts. Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about um Hunter Q and, and Sabu. I don't remember who told me. Um, it could have been just one of the guys that I hung around with in the locker room, like back in the day, like the Gabes. Mm-hmm. And they got, you know, the guys that I was, they were my age and my clique kind of guys. And the, the thing was, is that, remember how I always say, like, I'm kind of inadvertently responsible for getting Jericho yeah. a job? Well, I think Feinstein was the guy that showed, got somehow got the tape of Sabu to Paul. So Sabu wasn't very familiar with, with uh, I mean, Paul wasn't very familiar with Sabu mm-hmm. other than what Rob gave him. So when he when he brought him in for that weekend, I, I don't know what Paul's deal was. Maybe he was going through the whole entire finalization about Eddie being gone and taking over. But he just he thought it would be cool to put him with Hunter. Like give Hunter somebody that's halfway decent until they had Sabu versus Tess. Mm-hmm. Then I think Paul said, Oh hell no. Yeah, I I want to attach myself to this guy. Then exactly that's exactly what happened. I I don't I don't know exactly who told me, but I'm a hundred percent positive that I heard that story from somebody on the inside that when Paul watched that match, he about flipped the fuck out. It was like, look at this fucking motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know? And like mm-hmm. We need I, to get, I wrote down we need to, get, we need to get Hunter Q. We need to get Hunter Q. Albatross around from around his neck. Yeah. yeah, get him as far from him as possible. That's that that hundred percent shoot. And I, I I said I don't know what I don't know how Taz. I mean I don't rem, I, I don't think I'd have met Taz yet really officially like you know hung out with him, but it was their first meeting I'm assuming. And Sabu did he he pulled out he did every spot. Yeah. He did all of them. <laughs> I mean, he was like, "All right, it's not even. It shouldn't have even have been an audition. They already showed your 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 Japan highlight reel, didn't they? Yeah. Did they ever show that shit? Wait, no, no, not what? not that not that we've seen so far. The I know they. He, I know. I know they show Japanese highlights from him at some point. But the one where he about kills Luther. Yeah, no, that. But we haven't seen that yet on ECW. Um. But I know they show it at some point because I remember seeing it. I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. Other oh, than you know, you know who that is, right? The guy that he kills. That's um um isn't isn't that uh damn it's it's Luther from AEW. Yeah, I was gonna say Jericho's buddy, right? Yeah, dude, when yeah. he does that, when he puts him on that table like twenty feet away from the top the top rope and does that moonsault from the thing, and all he does is hit him in the face with his knee, like, and the table just tumbles over. He didn't even like fall through it. Yeah. I, I used to watch them matches all the time. Like somebody was asking me who the hell was Luther. You know, I was like, who is this guy? And I was like, go back and watch how Sabu kills him in fucking FNW. <laughs> that, that was a, that was a, that was a great, great introduction. It, it, in my opinion, to both guys, Sabu looked like he looked great. Like I, I hear this shit all the time with new fans when they watch these shows and they, they review them, and they talk about how some of these matches are sloppy. They see, like, not necessarily blown they, spots, but just stuff looks awkward. And they That's don't, how it's yeah, supposed to look. Yeah, I was about to say, they don't realize, kind of what we talked about. Um, the, the, Sabu, the, the, Sa- the, the, the Sabu character wouldn't be crisp, you know? But no, and the, Everything and he and did wouldn't be perfect, because he's fucking insane. Like, he's just throwing his body at you, so he shouldn't yeah. land perfectly. He hits, like, <laughs> 60% of the stuff. Like, which is just a good enough high percentage that it's worth him doing it for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that first like moonsault, thing. that first moonsault, he hits fucking insane. Like it is insane. Like he just moonsaults the chairs. Basically, it's fucking nuts. I, I just, I just would love, love to have seen the look on Paul's face because Paul, like, Sabu moves at a hundred miles an hour. Like at, in that time period, he works fast. There is mm-hmm. no time to like register. And like, let it get in because he's already thinking like, how am I going to fuck this guy up now? Like, I'm going to, you know, do something else big, which I don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's the formula that got him to where he's been. 
you know. Fuck. And plus, plus, if you're if you're just constantly moving, and you said he hit sixty percent of his shit, nobody's gonna notice the forty percent he didn't hit because the shit just moving. <laughs> I don't know. I disagree about that because that because when he fucking miss shit, he 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 can miss shit pretty fucking spectacularly. <laughs> but yeah, you understand what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of what we alluded to, like I said last week or the week before. At this time, you said you obviously said newer fans watching it. At this time, if you were a pro wrestling fan like we were in the early 90s, something like this was unheard of in the United States on television, on wrestling television. And the newer fans, I guess, are used to, I hate to say it, but, you know, the ballet, the everything's so crisp and clean. And, and, but at this time, in this era, in this time and place, this was like blow your mind kind of stuff. Yeah. Could you imagine at a different time, a different world, that the internet was was around during this? Hmm. Like, but but it wasn't, you know, and this never happened yet. Right. And this was, you know, could you imagine the reaction that would have happened on the internet if somebody was said, oh, my God, you know, saw that, you know, whatever. What do you think the rating? What, what, I mean, how many people do you think were watching that show and fill it up? I mean, what, maybe 20,000? Possibly, yeah. Twenty five, you know, whatever. That they get on the internet and start talking about, oh my god, did you see Sabu? You know, how big of a deal that would have been then, mm-hmm. you know, if we would have had that outlet. It's yeah. It was a great showcase for Sabu. Great showcase for Sabu. And it didn't do any it didn't do anything bad for Taz. No, no, because I mean because I mean, Taz looked like a guy who could stand his ground. Yeah, he plants his ass with some suplexes. Yeah, that, um, I put in that 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 double that double underhook suplex that he hit Sabu with is fucking crazy, gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. But then his big, but then his big ass breaks the table. Oh jeez. <laughs> I'm not even yeah. going through it. <laughs> it. It's a good thing that I, I wasn't friends with Taz then. <laughs> you know, because he would get that fucking fat ass joke, but you couldn't, you couldn't even lay on a table for Sabu. <laughs> I think Bigelow laid on the table for Sabu. <laughs> I know, I know Bubba did. <laughs> and then that, the only thing that was like, when I watched it, I was like, what the fuck was that? Was that weird ass Hudakon, that, that weird ass Hudakon Rana spot they did where like Sabu went for it, but then like Taz oh, the like. Frankenstein? Yeah. All right, that's like, what I wrote it down as the Frankensteiner spot. Yeah, but, but when he does it and then like said, like he goes to do it and then Taz just like tumbles out like a, like a. Like Joe, a little, Joe, little ball or whatever. It's just like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Joey, tr- Joey tries to to compensate for it and say that Sabu missed the Hurricane Rana, but I, I noticed that too. I wrote that down. Joey tries to cover for it, but it it was obviously a, a little bit of a botch there. But you know, I what? thought that he held that. It, I mean, I, I would have. You could have told me that Taz held the rope because mm-hmm. I mean, the, the way that, that Sabu just kind of went so fast over top of him like that. You could have you could have believed the fact that he may have grabbed a top rope and or whatever you know what I mean, but yeah it was it was pretty bad, um, but you know that's a Sabu match yeah and then, and then it then was it wasn't it the Taz flip was next where he fucking yeah. I mean hits him in the back with his heel mm-hmm. oh my god yeah. that that was probably the stiffest spot in the whole entire match God he hits him what what do you do it from the the middle rope or something or whatever. It was a middle rope, and he does he does like a cannonball kind of thing, and yeah, like you said, just cracks him right in the back, like the back of the head of the neck. God, and yeah. I wrote I wrote Taz Taz flip flip off the top rope. Oof, that's that's what I wrote because it looked pretty stiff, unintentionally stiff, but stiff nonetheless. Yeah, dude, I hit him right, I hit him right in a in a in a, a spot of your body that does not like to get hit directly. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost like a liver punch, you know, or, oh, my God. And then Sabu's not shy about selling, mm-hmm. you know, when that shit happens. We, I don't know if it's happened yet, but we've already seen, we, we'll see Sabu, like, when he when he banged his foot on the railing or whatever, and then he grabs his ankle. Like, you know, Sabu gets that art. He gets the art of selling, and it makes him look that much stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you know, he's just like, he's grabbing his back, he's grabbing his foot, he's back of his head is grabbing his ear 
And not other, only that, other people are holding body parts for him. Not only and, that, but he he it makes him look more dangerous because exactly. he's he's showing you how much in pain he is. But hey, look at this. Thirty seconds later, he's he's flying off the top rope again, you know. And then when he hits the mat, he's selling the injury again. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Fantastic work. Yeah, great, great, great opening match. And like I said, if we would have had the internet then, and the world would have been different, that would have been something that would have blew the internet up. Mm-hmm. Sabu winds up winning the match with a, uh, <clears throat> sorry, with a moonsault from the top. Um, anything else on the match, Aaron? I just thought it was fucking awesome. Like, that's my note. That was fucking awesome. This might be the first thing that we've reviewed one of these shows and wrote down that something was fucking awesome. I actually gave the show a grade. Hey, there you go. <laughs> it's, it's out of fucking not even speaking about purgatory anymore. <laughs> We come back from the break and they want to continue smart move to show us how crazy Sabu is. So they come back from the break and Sabu is just moonsaulting the table. There's nobody else around. You know, he's, he's chased off the fans. He's chased off his opponent. Hell, he's chased off his shitty manager. He's just fight. He's just fighting the table. And, and yeah. I mean, what an awesome, what an awesome visual. Hunter PQ Robin or, or, you know, PQ Robinson. Ooh. <laughs> he, he, he powdered. Like, and it's funny because didn't he even yell, like, you know, leave, like, get out of here or something? Yes, something like that. Yeah. That's sad. I bet you, I wonder (laughs) if Paulie, like, sent somebody down there to tell him, get that guy out of here. You're done. You're done. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, next week, next week, Hunter should be like, I know I said I was going to manage Sabu, but he fucking crazy. I don't have time for that. (laughs) That's that's funny because, yeah, because. After he says he's out of there, I mean, I'm I'm thinking in real time, Paulie's sitting in the back watching this. I wonder if he was because he's watching it on TV. I wonder if he realized that I want this guy nowhere near fucking Hunter Q. Robbins. Yeah. And somebody he didn't head he didn't phone somebody on a, on the head gimmick and go tell Hunter Q to get the fuck out of there. Don't get the fuck out of there. <laughs> he can he can manage Stetson and Hot Body, but he's oh, yeah. somewhere Saturday. else. Yeah. <laughs> We get a Rock and Rebel promo next on his uh, attack on Sal Balomo. Well, I was. mean, who, who, who are you waiting for to talk first? <laughs> was what it was. Yes, it was. The whole uh, rest of the whole, the whole whatever next couple segments body of this show is what stuff that we that shouldn't been on this show. It's a you know what I mean. This is like the whole like this is they have the two the two big things. Sabu and Taz, and of course they have Snooka and Funk in the cage. But whatever time they had to fill is with these motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like uh, it's like it's like going to a Pink Floyd concert, and <laughs> four songs in they play "Comfortably Numb," and then the rest of the show they 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 play a bunch of album tracks that you've never heard before. Yeah. And that's not hating on those album tracks. I'm just saying you don't play your big hit, you know, four songs into the show. Uh, it's like but, Kiss yeah. opening up with Beth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love how Bully uses the kiss analogy about for wrestling when it comes to the old guys. Mm-hmm. Play the hits. Yeah. Yeah. And this wasn't a hit. I thought nope. Sabu Taz started that. That was a hit. No, because now we have Sandman versus Metal Maniac. And I don't know, I don't know what to say. There's not much to say. Um, I know they mentioned that you could, hey, kids, you can call the ECW hotline to wish Sal Balomo to get well all the kids out there um, what? in philadelphia in philly all you kids in philadelphia that are big fans of sal i wonder call how us. many hate calls he got <laughs> don't call anymore the switch the switchboard is flooded with hate calls you know what i thought about when i was watching this match and i know it'll it'll be obvious it's obviously going to be a different perspective for chad because by this point you were already working in the ring and and you were in ecw and had been around that area. But here in Ohio, I was what I would be 14, 15 at this point. I had seen Metal Maniac in the magazines, okay? Ooh. But I'd never actually seen Metal Maniac. I just seen pictures of him in the magazines. And, you know, he'd be in the PWI 500 or whatever. And I always thought, that guy looks cool. And then I see him. And I'm like, that guy's not so cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's Snooker's boy, man. Snooker's bag, the, man. Yeah, that's why he's there, and you know, it, he, he, yeah. I mean, I, I like Jeff. I don't know. I probably already said it on the show. We probably, we probably seen Jeff before, right? Yeah, we have. 
Yeah, so I, I probably already said it. Well, you know how much I like Jeff. He's just he's just not like a guy like us when it comes to the business. You know, not really a historian. You know, mm-hmm. kind of guy. But that, yeah, that match. I don't know. Sandman. <laughs> Sandman at this time he just does stuff that he shouldn't be doing. You know, like he has his fantastic has drop kick. He's another fantastic drop kick. That. Well, he Paul even brings it up. Yeah, he has to start seeing the fact that hack can't work. Like he can he's work like, psychology wise, but he can't be doing. He's not. He's not a surfing guy. It's, 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 Paul even Paulie's already even knocking the outfit. Like he's like, oh, we know he was at the beach because he's still wearing his wetsuit. Like, yeah. like he's already mocking how Sandman looks. So like you can already tell that Paulie's just like, yeah, we got to do something else with this guy. <laughs> yeah, we got to figure something out with this guy. It's time to, it's time to Fisher cut bait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I agree because with Paulie with Paulie being designated to doing um promos probably the next few weeks or whatever. Um. Yeah, he. I mean, when he's doing, he's doing the shows because because I think there was a, a change in the production companies as well, like who's doing the shows and stuff like that. And um, no, actually, no, I don't think so. I think it comes in in November. Yeah, I was gonna say they still mentioned they mentioned Matt Radico on this show. I I don't think uh, it's till we did the Valley Forge shit that after that's when things change, but. Yeah, Paulie has to start looking at things with a, 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 a magnifying glass and realizing, okay, I got this guy's money, but I got to make the best out of what he has, and and then still bring in the guys that I that I need. Mm-hmm. And Sandman clearly was his number one project because I mean I, I don't know who got over first, Dreamer or Sandman, but whatever, Chicken Egg, you know? Yeah, yeah, and like like I said, I mean, and like you guys alluded to Sandman just hasn't found himself yet in this, no. you know, he's like Aaron said, that drop kick, he just throws himself into that drop kick. And then he does this. That wasn't uh, even the worst move of the match though. No, it wasn't. That, that was fucking side, that side the, suplex, oh, the fucking metal maniac tries you to hit. You stole my heat, motherfucker. Oh, God damn. That's fucking <laughs> you both terrible. stole my heat. <laughs> <laughs> Because I wrote smallest height on a side suplex ever. Well, you, you stole Joey Styles' heat because you know what he called it. I didn't even catch that. He called it a right. quick. He called it a quick side suplex. A quick. Oh yeah, I was writing my note. I must not have heard him say it because I was like, "Oh, that sucked." Oh, uh, well, at least he acknowledged it. <laughs> Backhandedly, he acknowledged it. that. Wouldn't have broken. That wouldn't have broken a dozen eggs. That was bad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was yeah. Anyway, whatever. Sandman wins this this thing with a. Uh, I actually wrote doozy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Describing <laughs> it as a match. Sandman wins this thing with a clothesline, a, a, a wild clothesline off the top rope. Stiff, uh, by the way. Very stiff, and uh, then we roll into some more doozy. Chris Michaels oh. doing a doing a terrible Scooby-Doo impression? I don't no. know. No. No, it's not. He, he's Aaron. trying to do a he's trying to do a terrible Bullwinkle impersonation. <laughs> he's not trying to do a terrible one. He's doing he's attempting to do a good Bullwinkle impersonation, but it's fucking terrible. Well, it was so bad I thought it was Scooby-Doo. No. So, so my know. notes is Chris Michaels attempts to do a Bullwinkle's imperson a Bullwinkle impersonation. Shut the fuck up and go home, Chris Michaels. <laughs> Nobody wants you here. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's what I initially thought. Because <laughs> I, did, I didn't write as many notes down as I normally do because there wasn't anything to beat up, right? Not a whole lot bad. You know, a few things. I think, all right, we got to this part of the show where it's the maniac. Ha, 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 chuckle. Right. You know, I figure <laughs> the last couple of weeks we've, you know, I don't want to say we've had problems getting to an hour with content, but, you know, sometimes we've been going through the shows a little faster because they've been harder to dissect, whereas better, you know, terrible stuff. I was getting ready to say, look, I don't know how, how, how long you want to go for this show, but unless you want to just do like 40 minutes on Chris Michaels being Rocky, the, the you know, the Rocky Bullwinkle thing. Because what the fuck was that? I, I, <laughs> when was that done? Why was that done? And whoever whoever said, hey, Chris, did somebody go, hey, Chris Michaels, do you do impressions? <laughs> you do, somebody told me you do a fantastic yeah. bullwinkle. 
I mean, could you imagine if, if that's how John Cena got? <laughs> you know, because like Stephanie felt that he could rap, and then he rapped in front of Stephanie, and then she loved it and told the rap. Could you imagine if somebody said, "Hey, Stephanie, did you ever hear John Cena do a bullwinkle impression?" <laughs> I mean, that was like, the hey. They were like, hey, Chris, we heard you do a great bullwinkle. So he did it, and then he got done with it, and they were like, what was that? And he goes, oh, no, I, I do a fantastic Bachwinkle, not a bullwinkle. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the clock. We're doing pretty good on time. But, I mean, if you want to, we can stretch this bit out. I mean, because once, once we get into the snooker, fuck. What the fuck are you going to say about that? You know what I mean? You're not going to say anything bad about it. It's going to be all positive. And nobody spends a lot of time saying positive things. <laughs> Chris Michaels needs to, him and Hunter Q need to hit the road together. Hunter Q's probably the one that says he does a hell of a bullwinkle. Yeah. So, yeah. How does somebody find up. out about this? That's like one of them, that's the dark side of the ring thing. <laughs> Who, who in ECW found out that Sir Christopher Michaels does a great bullwinkle impression? <laughs> and then they were completely wrong and still put it on TV. <laughs> I mean, you talk about needing time to fill. Now, the, the gist of the, for those of you that are not watching the shows as we do, the gist of the thing was, they I think they were trying to take shots, obviously, at WCW and WWF, because at the end of the promo, it says ECW, this is not a cartoon, or something to that effect. But Totally the wrong guy to do this with. Took the wrong guy to do anything. With. Any anything. <laughs> He's the wrong guy to take a lunch order. He's the wrong guy to go pick up your laundry. He's the wrong guy to walk your dog. He's the wrong. He's the wrong guy. Guy to get your mail if you go on vacation. He's the wrong guy. What the fuck? I do. This is gonna make me. This is gonna. I want to stay up late tonight thinking about how did this happen. Because I'm going love- to I'm gonna try to go back and think of everybody that I knew back then and go, who fucking thought this was a good idea? I love <laughs> who it. was behind the camera and was like, that's the one. Let's do it. Yeah, and the guy, <laughs> and, and whoever the producer is, Paul, or whoever's doing it is going like the giving, come on, go ahead, keep going. All right, wrap it up. What the fuck? I love the fact that I love the fact that Chad just gave Chris Michaels the gimmick he never knew he needed. Chris, the wrong guy, Michaels. Yeah. He's the wrong guy for everything. That's a great gimmick. Yeah, he totally is. <laughs> You're looking for somebody. If somebody's a bounty on somebody, you go to Chris Michaels, and he's like, "Hey, I, I mean, are you interested in collecting a ten thousand dollar bounty on Bob Armstrong?" No, I'm the wrong guy. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I'm not your guy. I'm the wrong yeah, guy. No, no. No, you, you don't want to put your faith in me at all. <laughs> but I do a great boy. <laughs> That's absurd. That, I mean, God, I don't, I'd love to figure this out. Keep in mind, guys, we're talking about ECW, you know, like yeah. extreme championship wrestling. And they got a guy doing a, a Rocky Bullwinkle impersonation on a television. <laughs> And not twenty and not twenty minutes ago, we just watched Sabu versus Taz. Exactly. Yeah. Next like, week, I wonder if he'll bust out his Heathcliff. You almost want to credit Paul's <laughs> fucking um, legitimacy of running a TV show. Whatever. You think, you think my Bullwinkle's great? You should hear Mom of Gil and Gorilla, guys. It's fantastic. <laughs> John Gillum does a great Helen Keller. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Like, um, I heard Johnny Hotbody can rock a Mr. Magoo. Oh my God. It's, it's insane. Why, how this ever saw the light of day. <laughs> I, I did a promo one time with Joey Styles. For one, Paul made me stay all the time for promo class at the end of the night. And it was like three o'clock in the morning. And one day he tells me to stick around. Basically, he wanted me to watch and see how everything went, you know? Right. And he, he finally calls me up, and he wants to do a gimmick with me and Joey Styles because I had glasses before I had laser surgery. And we're up there, and Joey Styles is like, Chad Austin, you know, ECW's resident underdog. Um, You know, how it looks like you've been working out. And then he goes, I've been working out myself. And I looked at him. You remember the Jerky Boys? Oh, yeah. And I looked at him, and I went, I'm very proud of you. And the whole entire locker room just erupted in laughter because they, <laughs> it was the jerky boys time thing. 
no chance it was going to air because Joey laughed. And and then when we get to that Valley Ford show, which is coming up, Paul made a blooper reel, and that made the blooper reel. That was all <laughs> my my one interview backstage at ECW, and that was it. It didn't make TV, but it made the blooper reel for the bus that we rode into the Valley Forge. <laughs> pop the <laughs> pop the locker room, and that's what matters. Yeah, I mean, I was like, hey, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> what are you gonna say? I mean, I mean, hey, look, Paul, I, I I know that wasn't much, but you don't want to hear me do Bullwinkle. <laughs> Chris, I'm the wrong I got, guy. Hey, I, Chris, I was like, excuse me? Hey, I remember somebody out here is doing Bullwinkle. Yeah. He's trying to scoop my heat. That's my gimmick, bro. <laughs> it's not me. I was like, Paul, it's not me. Don't make me let my hair down. I, I do turkey boys. <laughs> The main event of the show. <laughs> All right, so we so we basically <laughs> caught on the time. Just did like twelve minutes. We just did like twelve minutes on that. That's great. It's, a, it's um, the most fucking. It's the most time that Chris Michaels has gotten spotlight that he's in his whole career. <laughs> I hope he's a listener. Is... I hope he's a listener, <laughs> and he's sitting in this room ashamed. <laughs> no, I think it's... if it was me, I'd pop over it. I hope At he's least somebody's talking his... about it. I hope he's sitting in his in his YMCA room, just sad. <laughs> I don't think Chris Michaels is living in a YMCA. <laughs> I, I don't. He's living with Wormser, Skolnick, Takashi, Booger. He, he's living in that house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can we get to some serious right, stuff coming, now? Coming back to the show, Jesus. the next match is for the ECW World <laughs> Television title. Our reigning champion, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, against the legendary Terry Funk in a steel cage match with my least favorite steel cage rule. But, put it up? <laughs> no, the I, I've never been a fan of the escape the cage rule. I, you know, I, I don't know. That's just me. Well, you know why? You know why they do that, right? So that nobody has to take a pin. Yeah, they can they can gimmick the finish. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there's an easy there's a there's an easy way out, and especially if you're filming it, right? You know, it's not mm-hmm. gonna nobody's gonna be able to air it later and show it later on. Yeah, that it's stupid, but you gotta understand that's just you know. Um, you want to see a you want to see a good one? Was um, have you ever seen the Bruno Zabisco angle? You know, I've I'm seen the about. angle. Yeah, I've seen the angle. Okay, have yeah. you ever seen the payday? The, the, no. um, well, it's great. It's a cage match. And the WWF always had the escape the cage was their way out. Well, you know how a cage match is, you know, you don't want to say 50-50, you know, right. as far as give and take. But, Bruno, it was 95-5 <laughs> where Bruno walked into the cage he beat the shit out of Zabisco. Zabisco got no offense. He ran him from cage to cage and everything Bruno did. I mean, every he only did it like a handful of times. Mm-hmm. But it was so over because you fucking turned on Bruno. And when he was finally done beating on Zabisco, I mean, he beat the shit out of Zabisco, right? He literally just, Zabisco laying there on the ground. It was a great finish. And if it would have been on like a pay per view where more people could have saw it, it, it's a tremendous finish, a visual, the visual, the finish, where Bruno just literally tells the guy to open the fucking door, and he starts walking out. Like there's, there wasn't that big one climatic right. spot where the guy grabs his ankle. No, Bruno beat the shit out of the guy, left and him laying, walked, walked out walked, of the cage, walked out of the cage. And what was cool about it was the Bisco was trying to crawl. As Bruno mm-hmm. was walking, you see Bruno, Larry trying to crawl, but Zabisco, I mean, Bruno knew that he was already, I beat the fuck out of this guy. You know, I'm out of here. I'll prove my point. And the crowd won't banana, but after that time, it, the rest of the stuff kind of fell a little flat as far as how they did it. The Snook of Morocco, I mean, Snook of Morocco at the Garden. What do mm-hmm. you remember about that match? The Splash. Yeah. Who won that match? Uh, Morocco. Morocco won, didn't he? Morocco won. Yeah. How'd they do it? Um, 
Snuka headbutted Morocco out the door. when he was calling for the cage door to be open. And he fell and out the door. He fell out the door. It's a way to look, make Snuka not, you know, take a, take the heat. And and he looks strong. And it's like, oh, my God, he beat the shit out of Morocco. And everybody went home probably thinking that Snuka still probably won, <laughs> you know, because yeah. of the splash, you know? Yeah, because you remember uh, it, the moment. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that was Paul. You know, I think Paul would have rather had a pinfall in that match, but I don't think that match called for a pinfall. To tell you the truth, I I, I think the match called for the cage to be completely set up, not finishing setting it up during the match. <laughs> what, what was oh, that shit. one section that he kept finagling with? Yeah, with the pole, right. <laughs> What was that all about? Snuka took that. I think no, it was when Snuka threw Funk into it. Like the cage, like it, that part of it turned into look like an A. It was yeah, it was coming apart at the seams. And then he there, broke think, the ring rope. Yeah, the they broke. They broke the. They broke the rope immediately. <laughs> like Snuka sent uh, Funk into the turnbuckle, and the wire and the rope broke. So I def- no, was- it isn't the wire. It, it, that that's not true. That could have been the early, the early. Hey, I don't know what the fuck this is. Say something, thing. It wasn't the, the wire and the rope is not going to break because mm-hmm. if the wire and the rope would have broke the rope, the whole entire rope would have looked like the Tony the, the Tony Danza boxing ring and taxi in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> it it would have been like a big U, you know. That that's how it would have looked. Something broke, and my guess it would have been the undercarriage. Okay, the cable underneath broke, mm-hmm. or maybe or one side broke because there's 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 a cable connected to all four sides that meet in the middle. It wasn't the one in the middle, because remember when the ring broke um, a few weeks ago on with Stan with Stan Hansen. That remember that? Yeah. Well, that was that the the, the thing in the middle the, the rope broke. No, it wasn't even that. When 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 all when the buckles come in like this when it breaks, mm-hmm. it's when the union in the middle breaks because all four corners have a have a cable that meet in the middle, and you can break them individually, but you break that thing in the middle. That's when the ring sags in and shit. So I don't know what the fuck broke, but I know that cage. They were just dicking around with that cage out there and, <laughs> during the whole. Match. Could you imagine if Funk would have threw Snook into that portion of the cage while the fucking idiots were still putting it up? <laughs> Jesus. I don't know, Aaron. What did you think about this cage match? I'd love to hear your take on it. Uh, I I thought it was all right, and uh, I liked. Um... I thought like selling like having the ear having the ear get dragged across the cage was different. Like instead of just doing the forehead, they were doing the ear and um, Styles like brings up UConn, Eric and Killer Kowalski, and it, I just thought this was a I thought this was a really good match and it was entertaining and um, apparently somebody in ECW dev- like invented the selfie stick. He's like they had some big ass stick with like a camera at the end of it. <laughs> like I don't even I don't even know if they ever used any of the angles from it, but I No, I, I think just, they were using it to put the cage together. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, what the hell is that goddamn pool that guy's using out there? I thought it had a camera on it. I didn't know what the fuck it was. But I, I, I enjoyed it and um <laughs> Paulie tried to explain for some reason the reason he wasn't with Snooker was due to the NWA now being the the parent company of ECW that all of his manager licenses need to be reviewed and it, that was kind of kind of yeah what the fuck kind of hillbilly fucking backwoods fucking explanation <laughs> what the hell is that why why not just say look all my dudes are gone <laughs> like <laughs> yeah we don't want Morocco around anymore and the Gilberts bit it like why just say it. I mean, at this point, at this point, you can say you fired Eddie and Doug. You know, yeah. you can say you fired Eddie and Doug, but nothing happened with Jimmy Snuka. Yeah, it was just, but like you said, he's not coming back, right? He's like, I just watched that Sabu guy, and I've decided I want to manage him now. Yeah, gotta, <laughs> no I more Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I, um, I'm going to bounce I, the Hawaiians and the hillbillies, and I'm going to move into managing Sabu. I thought it was a it was a, a a great I thought it was a great cage match for another company, not for ECW. Mm-hmm. But I mean, granted, we we don't want to give them the you know everything at one time, you know, and 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 you know, and just give them the you know the full buffet. They did enough. 
And they probably didn't want Funk to get color because he probably had to work again. Yeah, you know so that's that's why. They, well, and they did a good job focusing on the ear, and it was I thought it was cool that once he saw the blood coming out of his ear, that's when he started to make his comeback. That was a neat spot, and uh, just in it general, fine. I agree with you guys. I, I I enjoyed the match. I thought it was good, especially not, for it, this time frame. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not the. Comp- it's not the end of Snuka yet, but we're getting close to the the end of Snuka in ECW. Yeah, he's still got to work Dreamer. And you. And you. Oh, Jesus. Always. I'd rather watch him work Dreamer. <laughs> and uh, as, as Terry Funk wins this match, he wins the TV title um, from Jimmy Snuka. And then after the match, we go to an interview with Terry Funk and Joey Styles where Terry puts over ECW, which is the smartest possible move you can make. The legendary Terry Funk is putting over our company. Let's play this everywhere we can possibly play it. Yeah, totally agreed. I mean, it, it's amazing to me that how Funk can just, when you when they say turn it on, like he mm-hmm. can start out saying nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, he's going somewhere with this. You know, he's talking about this is like his last stand. Oh, this is my last stand and everything. Well, goddamn, he wrestled well into the fucking late 90s. You know, even later than that, you know. But he he made you believe that this was where he was going to retire at. And and usually when somebody rambles, it it, it takes you out of it. But Terry Funk, I could listen to Terry Funk ramble for fucking hours. It actually makes sense. Yeah, it's like it's like I'm talking to my fucking cool uncle or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. And and he also has and you know I, I don't know I, I might be wrong, but I think that this is something that Chris Jericho took from Terry Funk. Is Terry also knows how to speak at a cadence where he brings it down to where you you have to listen. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? It's like educational. He, Yes. It yes. sounds like and, you're learning something. And Jer- Jericho would do that when he was, especially during that like 08 run as a heel. I don't want to get off in the weeds about Jericho, but just bringing, bringing it, it makes you pay attention, even though they're quieter. They're not screaming. They're not yelling. They're, they're it's, explaining. It's, it's they're, different. Yeah. And it's different. I could it's listen to, I could problem. listen, I, I could listen to Terry Funk read a cookbook. Like this. Tell me how to make. Tell me how to make chicken fried steak. Your fucking read the ingredients and in ramen noodles. Yeah. <laughs> tell me how to do that. Like, it's, like, yeah. it's it's my last flavor packet. <laughs> I don't think I don't think much thought goes into it. Just an, just he's just natural. Just so I, natural. I'm not even sure that Paul even says like give me bullet. I like give him bullet points. He's like I just need a promo. How long? I don't know. Forty two seconds or whatever. You got it, Paulie. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like how, like, it's not the same thing, but it's like how uh, Cornette said that, like, Bob Armstrong was for Smoky Mountain. Like, look at Bob Armstrong and be like, you got a minute. And then he'd just go out there and do it and then look at him and be like, all right, we don't got to do another one. It doesn't get any better than that. And then he'd yeah, just he, walk back away and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> That's all you need to say. Yeah. After Terry's promo, Paulie does a segment where he's trying to get to talk to Jimmy Snuka, um, you can't get into the the dressing room. Does I always hate I, that. Yeah, but I always hate it when they like try to do the door thing in wrestling, like where they walk in and then they slam the door. It always looks cheesy to me. But How, but you know you know where that's at, right? You all know where that's at. That, that. the door it's in the studio. It's like there. It's in this. It's like one of the bathroom doors. They just put the fucking ba- um, dressing room sign on it. Like now we're going to see Public Enemy. Remember the infamous Public Enemy coming out of? They were doing a uh, interview in the cellar, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the door. That's the cellar to the studio. There's that. There's other rooms in that studio where they do the TV at. Is this Paul just slaps on a fucking piece of sticker that says "dressing room" on it. (laughs) Unbelievable. I I laughed. I looked at Jess and I said, "It's funny." I told her I was like, "This, "This is not at the arena." Now that now now that we know that Polly was trying to go in the shitter while Jimmy Snooker was there, it's, it's absolutely uh, uh, deserved that he got the door slammed in his face. Yeah. Um, 
And then Joey Styles is outside a raucous party for Terry Funk. I love, love that. Yeah, I love all the sound effects and the, the throwing the paper at him and um he uh, he's all ties down shit. Yeah, he's like, I'm he's, fucked up. Look, this is a good ass party. <laughs> as soon as I as soon as I saw Joey Styles' tie a little undone, <laughs> I said, Oh my god, they're gonna recreate a, a party celebration angle. Like a spot where he's celebrating. Cause you know, you, you don't see anybody else. Yeah. And then like Jess, she loves the, when she gets her straws at the bar, she loves to blow them at me, the paper. And when they did that, I was like, Oh my God, this is so cheap. Right. It's so <laughs> cheesy. And then all of a sudden you see somebody's hand come in the picture and pour champagne on Joey Styles. And I'm like, that's fucking Paul. <laughs> like, What's well, Paul doing? Yeehaw! You can tell Paul yeah. doing his yeehaw deal. You can tell yeah. it's him. It, 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 it's, it was so great that I didn't even give a shit that it was awful. Yeah. Like, I just thought it was like, it was a good, I, I, I looked at it like a good try. Yeah. Great try to make somebody that doesn't, that doesn't know enough believe that, that Joey Styles is outside. Like, yeehaw! <laughs> Like literally, Terry Funk after he just cut a promo talking about this is his last run, he's gonna retire in the ECW, and all of a sudden now he's drinking in the back with the boys, listening to Wailing. <laughs> I loved it. I, I wrote. I literally wrote. I loved it. It's so bad that it's. I'm gonna end up putting this on a compilation somewhere. And it's not. It's not Cabrini College bad. It's like you. No, said, it's, it's so great bad, bad. It's good. Yeah, it's great bad. Um, and this is also the segment where Joey mentions, like I said, that Johnny Hotbody and Tony Stetson are our ECW tag team champions. So yeah, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. celebrating the Terry Funk win. Now that we've come to the end of the show, this show, Chad, you said you actually had a grade this week. Yeah, I, I actually did. I I thought it was a really good show for what this time period of ECW is. Mm-hmm. It's a humongous, it's a humongous upgrade from the previous few months, and every, the product from a production value wise thing to the match quality of what they're putting on TV, and I, I really enjoyed it. Like you know, you know, I went and got a, I went and got a beer. I ordered a pizza during the Sir Michael's thing and the Sandman match and all the crap, and I actually changed my oil during the Sandman Belomo or whatever Maniac match. But I, I gave it a solid, I mean, a solid D minus. And that's, my, that's, that's huge <laughs> compared to what it's been, it's been ranking. Um, it's, I put down, I really didn't give it a grade, I guess. I put down that this is a already a markedly different product. It's already heading in a much better direction. The show did not give me near as many things to roll my eyes to. Like oh, we said, it gave the, us something we rolled about twelve the, minutes. The, the, the Sandman, <laughs> the, San, the Sandman, Metal Maniac slash Chris Michaels block of the show. I'm glad they put it all the, all together in a nice little bow for us. To you critique. know what? I'm glad you said that because you're 100 percent right. Why not tie up that part of the show when you've already seen what you've seen and you've already kind of announced what the main event is? Mm-hmm. You have what? 18, 20, 22 minutes to get your other shit in. Yeah. Yeah. And they did. They just put the, Good they, point. Put the they put the poo in the middle there and uh, <laughs> we got through it though. And Aaron, what did you, what did you think? I, I just thought it was a good show altogether. Obviously, if you take out Metal Maniac and Chris Michaels, but at least it gave you something to fucking make fun of. Well, Aaron, if you took out Chris Michaels, we wouldn't have about half of this fucking show. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, 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 like garbage serves its purpose. You need garbage right. in life, and um, you can also just but by public enemy match, um, and Polly putting them and telling, kind of trying to tell their story in that match, and the Sabu Taz, and then the Steel Cage match. You can see the changes coming, and this felt like. <clears throat> the first show we've watched that actually felt like an ECW show. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, 100%. Yeah, I agree. But you yeah, can I, see I, the good shit's coming. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that was drastically different than anything we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I totally agree. Um, this was like, I already went off on, I already went off on my tangent about, but next week's show <clears throat> has some, uh, Oh, we said bad breed earlier. They're on here, Chad. Next week's show. Well, then we I'm have, on. We have Don Morocco, <clears throat> Jimmy Superfly Snook, and Kevin Sullivan facing Terry Funk, JT Smith, and Abdullah the Butcher. There's a team in a wild six man tag team match. <laughs> uh, a special feature looking at the debut of Sabu, which we've already seen. <clears throat> Malia Hosaka faces Molly McShane. My in girl, my girl, my, my girl, Malia. The bad Shout breed. Out to Malia Hosaka. If you don't follow her on Facebook, she's a good, she's like one of them like people that if you follow them on Twitter, they're worth following. Mm-hmm. I might have to, I might have to check that out. <laughs> she's worth following on Facebook. The bad company makes their debut against the bad breed. So there you go. The bad breed and the bad company on the same, say in the same match making their apparent debuts. So well, I, I mean, wonder. We, I wonder if they take that match after me. Hmm. And it I just don't know. and rearrange where they aired that. Because I thought I was as far as I know, I was in the first match of Axel and Ian's, but maybe I'm wrong. I'll find out. If it if it looks like I'll depend on what it looks like to me, how you know how it appears. And then uh we have the Rock and Rebel versus Don E. Allen, and that oh. is our that is our lineup for next week's show. This October the twelfth, nineteen ninety three. Um, I really enjoyed this show. I really enjoyed. I mean, much more than than like we said than the shows we've watched prior. And you can see the change happening and and the good things coming. And of course, good things coming. It'll be Chad Austin making uh, an appearance in ECW. Uh, I, I can't wait to beat up this guy. <laughs> <laughs> This, fucking, do, this hand bone. I would like to encourage anyone that's listening to the show that is not already a member of our Facebook group, please do join the group. Um, Aaron is doing the best of the best tournament, the ECW. Yes. We, we, just, we just lost Hervé Renesto in the tournament. Yeah, the Renesto revolution ended. How could these uh, people not even play along with this? <laughs> no, I was like <laughs> fucking mad. I was like, really? Yeah, like they really? couldn't they couldn't even spike Dudley this, you know, or, or <laughs> Daniel Bryan. Get behind it. Get, come on. Scott Levy didn't need the win. Give me a break. Yeah. But uh more fun things. Lord like knows he's got Lord knows he's got the money to eat. Look at him. He's good. Yeah. Aaron's giving away some free stuff. Also, you yeah. can jo- you can follow us on Twitter as well. Um, just any support for the show that any of you give, we really appreciate it. And we're having a blast doing the show week after week. And I'm it's looking get forward better to and better. I'm, I'm looking forward to next week and hearing uh, Chris Michaels' uh, top cat impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're, we're already over time. We, we ain't got time to go back and <laughs> start making Chris no Michaels more, jokes. No more, no more filler, Aaron. No more filler. <laughs> If if I if I wanted to book it, I'd have my come out there and go, hey, this is Chris Michaels and ECW, and I, I get no respect out here. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, nobody, I just don't. We ain't got time for this. At the end of the show, <laughs> at the end of the show, we're gonna have Chris Michaels go beep 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 beep. That's all, folks. <laughs> yeah, we we're already way over. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank thank you all for joining us this week on Reliving the Extreme. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you next time around. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Max and Out Media, all rights reserved.